Welcome to another episode of Token Majority Podcast. Your rights, your legal resource. I'm Melanie. I'm Ruby. We have a special guest today. His name is Dan Lawrence. That's my name. He's an attorney, another strip matter attorney. And we're here to talk about the January 6th hearings. Yeah, so approximately every two weeks, the entire law firm gets on a call to just check in and see how everyone's doing, um, like in their personal lives. It's like, what did you do for fun this weekend? And this week, Dan was like, I Rant, got ranting. Yeah, he got on his soapbox <laughs> and he stayed there. And so we invited him here to continue um, what he had to say. You know, most of the people here uh, on uh, on your podcast are, shall we say, a little bit younger than I am. And uh, I did live through the 1970s and I did live through Watergate. I'm so exhausted about hearing of Donald Trump that I don't even really know very much about the January 6th riots. Well, in terms of background, let me let me just let me give I like to talk about myself. So I'm going to talk about myself a little bit <laughs> so you know who I am. I uh, was raised by a professor who spent his entire career studying and teaching about uh, fascism, particularly in World War II. My mother was a World War II refugee and did not meet her father until she was six years old because he'd been a prisoner of war. What I learned is that fascism comes slowly. It does not suddenly drop on your doorstep until it does. But there's a lot that goes on before that, and there's a pattern in history. Uh, those realities are conveniently ignored, and so the myth we tell ourselves is that fascism is over, nobody's a Nazi, nobody can be one anymore, and nobody is going to do anything to America that is going to somehow trick the American people into believing that they are doing something good for the country when in fact they're doing something very, very bad. Um, I then, when I became married, um, married into an extremely political family uh, with a long, well-known political history. My father-in-law ran for president of the United States twice. And no. his name is Bill Clinton? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Uh, Scoop Jackson. Oh, the senator, cool. Senator from Washington. Th that's all background. And um, in terms of the background of the events, I think most people know that the day that Congress was set to certify the results of the presidential election, a group of people who looked like they were coming to express support for Donald Trump. Somehow somebody decided to <laughs> break into the Capitol and a lot of bad things happened, including one of them being shot by a Capitol police officer and killed. So now we're a year and a half later, mm -hmm. Dan, and the committee hearings just started last week. Why did it take so long? It took a long time because like any good lawyers, um, they were developing their case. They were interviewing witnesses. They were videotaping those interviews. They were reading, getting their hands on and reading many, many documents. Mm -hmm. I've heard people say that, you know, for every hour that you spend in court, you know, some people spend 100 hours getting ready. Now, who was on the committee? Who was appointed? Well, I can't 
I can't recite the names of all the people <laughs> on the committee, unfortunately. Was it bipartisan, though? It is a bipartisan committee, although uh, the Republicans, some Republicans think it's not. But and does Trump get, like, a defense attorney? No. Um, this is the one thing I think that concerns me a little, is that because of the need to have a, well, I'm going to put it in my words, a rational procession through the evidence and not turn it into a circus... There is no Trump representative on the panel. However, however, major players in the Trump administration are witnesses. Right. Those witnesses are of necessity the most credible. Mm-hmm. You're talking about people like Bill Barr? Yeah, the former attorney general, Bill Barr, the president's daughter, Ivanka Trump. Yeah. Um, the president's campaign Chief Sean Hannity is a big player in this, too, isn't he? He is. What really the committee hearings hit me in the face with was kind of this thought that dictators hate this one simple trick. Right. We've all seen that clickbait kind Mm -hmm. of thing on on uh, social media. And what is the one simple trick? The one simple trick is paying attention to the facts. What this committee is doing is what a trial does. It marshals all of the back and forth, the he said, she said, they said stuff, right? And it's the beauty of this process of bringing the facts to bear, the undeniable, uncontestable facts. So who in this committee is making decisions about what evidence, what is fact, what are facts and what can be heard and not heard? Is there a judge that's determining what's admissible? No, that's the interesting thing, because Congress is Congress, right? Remember the three branches of government. Congress makes the laws. The executive enforces the laws. And courts interpret the laws. And yes, the committee is deciding which facts are and are not important. But so far, I have not heard anybody uh, say that the facts that have been presented so far are not important. And I have not heard any... Did you read Donald Trump's 12-page letter? Yes, and the problem with that letter is that if you look at it carefully, in the footnotes where he appears to want to have citations, there are no actual facts in that 12-page Trump rebuttal. It's, again, it's, it's innuendo. So what were you saying, Dan? You were saying you're talking about the importance of watching the hearings because... So... When the Watergate hearings were on in every, almost every classroom in America, certainly it was on in my classroom, certainly it was on in most law offices, uh, in many regular offices, people were glued. People were glued. People lost two weeks of their life watching those hearings. That's kind of like what happened with me in the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. Right. Do you think people just don't care about these hearings? And if I so, think, why? I think they would care if they were paying attention. That's the one trick these dictators hate, because Hitler didn't come to power because he had a massive popular mandate when he went in. He was he was fighting other gangs for power, and he got kind of lucky. He was actually in jail for a while because of what he was doing, and he came back. He came back. And I'm not saying Donald Trump is Hitler. I'm not saying, you know, but, but there Close, are... Though. Well, <laughs> well. He's using a lot of the same strategies. And what really, really frightens me about what I'm hearing in this committee, and we haven't heard it all yet, is that the story up to now really was that these are a bunch of 
wonderful, good faith protesters who were just upset and suspicious and wanted verification that the election had not been stolen. And then some idiots decided to go and try to break down the door in the Capitol, which nobody could possibly have foreseen or expected. And um, and they went in there and they rampaged and it was just a few people and everybody else was just sort of standing out on the lawn shocked that this was happening. Okay. Yeah. It is becoming more and more clear that that is a very myopic picture of what was going on and that in fact may well have been engineered. But let me tell you a few facts that we've learned from the committee so far. Attorney General Barr called literal bullshit on President Trump's conspiracy theory to his face before all this happened. Dan, isn't that something that we already knew, though? Didn't he write that in his book? And why didn't people, if so, why didn't people care about it then? Because it's a fact in isolation. Because the power of facts is when they come together and tell a story. And again, this is something we all know as lawyers from trial. Mm. Facts themselves are extremely important. You, you must have facts. One fact may be an outlier. Two facts may be a coincidence. But a, a litany of facts that leads you to a conclusion is convincing. We learned that Ivanka Trump whispers this endorsement of Bill Barr, looking pretty uncomfortable, I might say, when you look <laughs> at that video. We learned that Mayor Giuliani is drunk. I knew you were going to say and that. And the president is taking his advice. Well, I mean, he's been taking his advice, and he's been seeming drunk for a long time. Which is interesting because... Is it really advice or is it just a way for the president to hang his hat on someone else agreeing with him, to which is what blame it someone. looks like what it, to me. Fox News host Hannity is literally taking orders from the White House chief of staff. President Trump is ignoring professional advice not to tell the Republicans to vote only in person. Clarence Thomas's wife, oh, Ginny yeah. Thomas, is urging on this Trump plan. She is a Supreme Court justice's wife taking this position which I'm, that was something else we knew before these hearings ag mm -hmm. again but it in isolation it just sounds like somebody who's gone over the top and you know she has first amendment rights she can do what she wants i, I don't think she has to as long as she doesn't talk about johnny depp yeah she yeah. sure can <laughs> <laughs> um uh gerald kushner not a lawyer thinks that the lawyers who are threatening to resign mm -hmm. are just whining. Um, so we almost have, if again, the parallels to Watergate are kind of amazing, but we already have an almost Saturday night massacre. We also, as you might remember from Watergate, that there was this gap of, uh, I think it was, was it seven minutes uh, on, the, on the tape that Richard Nixon, the secret taping uh, machine that Richard Nixon had in his office. Here we have a seven-hour gap in the White House log uh, on January 6, 2020. We have evidence that my, Mark Meadows, the White House Chief of Staff, was burning documents in the White House fireplace. Wow. We have evidence that, um, uh, uh, that Donald Trump was flushing documents down the toilet. Um, that I mean, doesn't seem credible to me, but... Well, it's been reported. It's he's been out of touch with reality. It's been it's yeah. been reported by credible news sources. Mm -hmm. um, Congress members seeking anticipatory pardons. Mm -hmm. right. um, oh. So, 
these are all facts that in isolation it's hard to understand but when you put them together it's almost like you can't make this stuff up it's like it's like a bad movie i've got a question about all of this what is the purpose of these committee hearings donald trump is no longer the president so watergate nixon was still the president right so they go through that investigation they vote to impeach him and he resigns in lieu of full impeachment hearings so what's going to happen here that's an excellent question ruby and um I see you Thank smirking. You. Yes. You should be very proud of yourself. Smirking? <laughs> She's just smiling. Self-satisfied smile, I guess I'll put it that way. Um, in both cases, and particularly here, the purpose of the hearing is to do what American government does, which is to have its government be transparent with the American people about what is really going on. Hmm. And this is why we have checks and balances. I mean, obviously can't result in Donald Trump resigning. He's already not president. Um, whether that will result either in a le- as a legal matter or a practical matter in him not running again um, is an interesting question to which we do not know the answer. But is there a mechanism to prevent a person from running for president? I think he was convicted of a felony. I think that's a pro- uh, problem okay. for him. Yeah. Um, and that's now, believe it or not, being seriously discussed, which is something that seemed beyond discussion for mm-hmm. so long. Whether that's a good idea or not, I frankly don't know. Richard Nixon <laughs> basically sanctioned a spying operation, a burglary designed to try to find out what was going on uh, in his opponent's office, right? Donald Trump, it appears, has gone far beyond that. He has actually tried to overthrow the will of the American people as expressed by its majority. He has actually tried to circumvent the electoral process. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, dictators hate this one simple trick, (laughs) which is pay attention to the facts. They are important. If you don't, you may lose everything that you're enjoying now and that you think you are entitled to enjoy. Yeah, I bring up all of those facts that were known prior to the hearing, Dan, because I'm concerned that people don't care. And, I mean, the country is so divided that I think a lot of people, a lot of pro-Trump supporters will... I mean, they won't listen to the hearings. They'll they'll think that it's biased. They'll think that the Republican appointees who are on the committee are not real Republicans, you know, like you said earlier. And most people just won't pay attention. Well, I share that concern, which is why I think it's important for institutions that have the power to do so to at least make these broadcasts available. Is the evidence suggesting that Donald Trump directed the insurrection and called for it, or that he rode the wave and encouraged it? Again, another excellent question, Ruby. Um, I think um, that is as yet unknown um, and may become unknowable, but he's not stupid. 
Yeah. If you read about Donald Trump, you learn that he really, he speaks in ways that are suggestive. He's the kind of person who is probably not going to be particularly linear in how he describes his goals. Yeah, like when his followers were saying, hang Mike Pence, he didn't say, yes, let's hang him. He said, my supporters might have the right idea. Yeah, yeah, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. What American president, what American president, can you even imagine an American president saying? My VP deserves to be My hanged. vice president deserves to be hanged. Yeah, for what? For refusing, Crazy. for refusing to, uh, to do Donald Trump's bidding in attempting to overturn an election for which there was no evidence and and still is no evidence mm -hmm. that was stolen. I have a pretty controversial opinion about the January 6th insurrection that I I'd be am interested going to, to hear share. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's why I asked that question about whether Donald Trump called for the insurrection, directed it, or whether he rode the waves. Because I really believe in direct action, and I think our elected officials should be afraid of voters. And what I thought the January 6th insurrection, it was true direct action that was frightening and made people respond. And now people that participated it, in it are being prosecuted for criminal action. Um, and obviously I don't align with those folks and their belief patterns, but I do think that when we disagree with our elected officials, we should take direct action. But that direct action, with all due respect, does not include breaking windows in the Capitol and going in and shouting, hang Mike Pence. I mean, I think, you know, there's a limit. The, the analogy I guess I have in my mind is when we go to a football game, we're kind of on one side or the other, right? You're voting for the, you're rooting for the Seahawks, you're rooting for the 49ers or whatever, right? I mean, you kind of pick your side. And we all know that that's the reality of sport and that's the reality of tribalism. But we also have a common agreement and we, none of us is gonna feel good if we know based on what we saw in the game that we lost the game, but then someone went behind the scoreboard and change the score so that our score was higher than the opposing team's score. Oh, I disagree. Well, someone... I think a lot of people cheat to win and they're happy with their cheated win. Everyone cheats and people are fine with cheating. I think that's optimistic. I don't think grown-ups cheat. And I don't think lawyers should cheat. And I don't think presidents of the United States should cheat. And I don't no think one the people... should cheat, but and realistically, I a think lot of people cheat I and a lot of people don't That doesn't make it okay. It. No, that I know, was, but that's, I, I didn't think that was what your point was. Well, I think that's probably why Donald Trump's narrative wasn't that... Um, he, his narrative was that he had more votes, actually, but that they had swamped him with fake votes. So... That's his narrative. And it, people buying into that would have necess They wouldn't have thought that Trump went behind the scoreboard and changed it because they thought that had already happened. I mean, it was some pretty clever... Right. Messaging. Right. And I, I was actually, before we talked today, I was actually thinking about that very thing, which is that, that you can turn that analogy around and say that's exactly what the people at the Capitol on January 6, 2020 were concerned about, that someone was 
flipping the, the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Melanie, what do you think? I don't think people care about the truth. <laughs> That's kind of an amazing thing for a lawyer to say. Why? You have to believe in a truth-finding process and to cynically believe that nobody cares about it. I don't think nobody cares about mm-hmm. it. I think... You think a critical some, mass some don't people, care? Mm-hmm. I think a critical mass doesn't care. I've not seen anything on social media about the hearings, really. Well, you can get on the Reddit politics thread and you'll see that. Yeah, Reddit is a different kind of social media. It's not Instagram. There's no there's nobody TikToking about the uh, January 6th committee. I don't yeah, think. and I think, <laughs> you know, that's how a lot of people get. I mean, I see a lot of news on social media, but I'm not seeing clips from this committee hearing. I think the problem is that everyone who hated Trump before the January 6th insurrection still hates Trump. They don't think that, I mean, I'm not sure that they feel any differently about Trump after these hearings. And the people who supported Trump, I don't think they've heard any evidence to to turn against Trump. There isn't any evidence that Donald Trump demanded that people go to the Capitol. I mean, he's, oh. stead, he's steadfast in his belief that he thought that the election was rigged. And he has a First Amendment right to but you don't you don't have to publish dem- that. You don't have to demand that people go to the Capitol. You can say well, but that's it's gonna be wild, right? That's what he said. Come on January sixth. It's gonna be wild. Yeah, you but can, you his can, supporters are not gonna blame him when he which is, just voiced his opinion and allowed for people to do whatever they want to do. That's there are just two sides of pro Trump well, and this is non pro Trump yeah, that are Melanie, gonna not that their opinions are, I just don't think that their opinions are going to change as a result I don't, of these hearings. I don't think pro-Trump people are all completely irrational. And, and I think a lot of them are rule followers. I no, think a lot of them about. believe in the rule of law. And so if you can make a case, which I think is what the committee, exactly the committee is doing, and certainly if you talk to Liz Cheney, <laughs> she, would, uh, she would tell you, and she is telling you if you watch her, that there is a line, um, even within the people who believe in Trump there is a line even they don't want him to cross some of them um, I certainly hope that there is a a part you know that, there, that the right half if you will of the American political spectrum has enough people in it that can recognize that a crime is a crime if one has been committed that, that there is such a thing as treason and it can be committed and if we see it happening we need to stop it What's the crime? The, the crime is trying to, trying to forcefully uh, overthrow the American government as determined by the vote of the people. Did that happen? No. Right. Did it almost happen? Maybe. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Well, don't you want to nip it in the bud? If you can, I think you do. Well, that was Dan. that was it thanks Dan thank you thank you for tuning in and follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts you can find us at tokenmajority.com 